Welcome to A Crash Investigation, the podcast, the show where we dissect some of the most memorable and forgotten air crashes in aviation history. In this episode, we'll be talking about Air Midwest Flight 5481. I hope you're excited because I am, and without wasting any more time, let us get into it. Air Midwest Flight 5481 was a flight from Charlotte Douglas International Airport in Charlotte, North Carolina and was going to Greensville Spartanburg International Airport in Greer, South Carolina. It was a scheduled flight for the 8th of January 2003 and the aeroplane itself was a Raytheon Beechcraft 1900D and this aircraft in particular had 15,003 flight hours. The call sign of the flight was Air Midwest 5481. Air Midwest was operating as US Airways Express Flight 5481. The crew. The crew consisted of Captain Catherine Kate Leslie, who was 25 years old at the time of the crash, and she was the youngest captain for Air Midwest at the time. Overall, she had 1,865 total flight hours and 1,100 hours on the Beechcraft. The first officer was Jonathan Gibbs and was 27 years old at the time of the crash. He had amassed a total of 706 flight hours. The passengers. Out of the 21 people involved in the crash, and this includes the pilots, there were three Bahamians, two Indians, one Canadian, one Portuguese person, and 15 Americans. The events that took place on flight 5481. Before they took off, Air Midwest flight 4841. 5481 rather had loaded 23 bags and within those 23 there were two suspiciously heavy bags and this is important for the investigation. Air Midwest 5481 left the gate at half past 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time and they took off at 14 minutes to 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. As soon as they took off, Air Midwest 5481's nose briskly pitched up and the altitude of the aeroplane was 90 feet or 27,4 meters above ground level or AGL and it was pitched up by 20 degrees. The pilots tried to push the nose down but the plane was not responding. Eventually the plane reached a maximum of 54 degrees of pitch. Of course the stall warning sounded and the pilots declared an emergency to air traffic control. Flight 5481 climbed a further altitude of 1,150 feet or 350 meters AGL and as a result the plane stalled and pitched down to an uncontrollable speed and descent. 35 seconds after taking off, Air Midwest Flight 5481 crashed into a US Airways hangar which was located in North Carolina and burst into flames. The official report describes the crash site slash aeroplane as, and I quote, destroyed by impact forces and a post-crash fire, end quote. Everyone on board died and only one US Airways mechanic was hurt and was treated for smoke inhalation. The investigation. The investigation was conducted by the National Transportation Safety Board and they quickly realized that the mechanic who worked on the elevator cables never actually worked on a Beechcraft aeroplane before. An elevator, according to Wikipedia, is a flight control surface 
which is usually at the end of an aircraft and this controls the aircraft's pitch and as a result the angle of attack and the lift of the wings. Now it was revealed that the turnbuckles which control the cables of the elevator were set incorrectly and as a result fed insufficient elevator travel, which led to the pilots not having a sufficient pitch control. The step whereby a post-adjustment control test was never conducted and the maintenance supervisor who was instructing the mechanic skipped the step. But before we continue with the episode, I would like to deliver some messages. We all know that accessories complete an outfit, right? I mean, whether or not you're dressing up to go out, to take pictures for the gram, or just need to feel good on a random day, accessories are needed. And according to the FortuneBusinessInsights.com, the handbag industry was valued in 2020 at 47,57 billion US dollars and is expected to reach 78,46 billion US dollars by the year 2028. Also, with the rise of big industry giants such as Amazon, it means that there is a possibility of poor quality and ugly designs which is why you need to support local and rain magnets sa is here they sell one-of-a-kind handbags and totes for your everyday needs to order go on etsy and type in rain magnets sa or you can find them on instagram at rain magnets sa no spaces and don't forget once more support local and we are back Pilot error was another aspect which was investigated and they concluded that the pilots conducted the wrong weight calculations before takeoff and in fact the plane was overloaded and out of balance due to the incorrect Federal Aviation Administration or FAA's approved passenger weight estimates which were present at that time. When they checked the actual weight of an average passenger, they found out that one person weighed 20 pounds or 9 kgs more. And the actual weight of the bags found and the passenger's remains was 580 pounds or 264 kgs above the maximum allowed takeoff weight. The official report. The findings of the NTSB state that Captain Leslie and First Officer Gibbs and I quote, were properly certified and qualified under federal regulations. No evidence indicated pre-existing medical or behavioral conditions that might have affected their performance during the flight, end quote. They also added that flight fatigue was not affecting the accident. Then they added that the airplane itself was properly certified, but this excluded the elevator control system and that, and I quote, no evidence indicated that the airplane was improperly maintained. The recovered components showed no evidence of any pre-existing structural engine or systems failure, end quote. Weather was also a theory which was passed around but it was concluded that it had nothing to do with the crash. The NTSB said, and I quote, the accident was not survivable for the aeroplane occupants because they were subjected to impact forces that exceeded the limits of human tolerance, end quote. 
The aeroplane's elevator control system was incorrectly rigged and the changes, and I quote, were not conspicuous to the flight crew, end quote. The Raytheon Aerospace Quality Assurance Inspector did not provide adequate on-the-job training and suspicion to the structural modifications and repair technicians mechanic who examined and incorrectly adjusted the elevator control system on the accident aeroplane. End of quote. They added that those two people that were responsible for the training and the adjustment of the elevator control system, and I quote, did not diligently follow the elevator control system rigging procedure as written. They missed a critical step that would have likely detected the misrig and thus prevented the accident. End quote. The report also said that a check of the critical flight systems was never done and that Air Midwest Flight 5481's weight was not correct and as a result, the weight calculations for the entire plane was wrong. Midwest, as a company, did, and I quote, did not have maintenance training policies and procedures in place. Air Midwest's continuing analysis and surveillance system program was not being effectively implemented and because it did not adequately identify deficiencies in the air carrier's maintenance program. The Federation Aviation Administration's failure to aggressively pursue the serious deficiencies in Air Midwest's maintenance training program. End quote. And to finish that last one off, it basically means that the FAA as a whole was partially to blame for the crash as it sets the rules and standards for aviation, but they kind of ignored Air Midwest and their wrong rules and regulations. The contributing causes. There are six. I hope you are ready. Number one, Air Midwest's lack of oversight of work being performed at the maintenance station. Number two, Air Midwest's maintenance procedures and documentation. Number three, Air Midwest's weight program and how it is based on averages rather than the actual weights of passengers, the crew, baggage, and or cargo that might be on board. Number four, and I quote, Raytheon Aerospace Quality Assurance Inspector's failure to detect the incorrect rigging of the elevator control system. End quote. Number five, the FAA's weight assumptions. And finally, number six, the FAA's lack of oversight of Air Midwest maintenance program. Recommendations made by the NTSB. Recommendations, several, several, several recommendations rather, were made by the NTSB, but I'll just mention a few. Number one, and I quote, adopt a program for performing targeted surveillance and increased oversight of maintenance practices, end quote. Number two, require manufacturers of the aircraft, and I quote, to identify appropriate procedures, do a complete functional check of each critical flight system, end quote. Number three, airlines should modify the existing maintenance manuals. Number four, and I quote, audit training records for personnel who are currently performing maintenance on Air Midwest aeroplanes to verify that the training was properly accomplished, end quote. Number five, and I quote, promote the use of systems that deliver accurate weight and balanced data as 
a preferred alternative to the use of average weight and balance programs end quote and at number six and i quote ensure that raytheon aircraft company revises their maintenance procedures for critical flight systems in its speech 1900 comma 1900c and 1900d airline maintenance manuals end quote the aftermath Air Midwest Airlines and its quote-unquote parent company was shut down by the bigger parent company of like the smaller parent company Mesa Airlines in June of 2008. And that is the end of the episode. I really do hope that you enjoyed it. I appreciate each and every one of you that listen. Take your time to listen to this. And yes, do not forget to check out Rain Magnets SA and i will hear from you in my next episode cheers